0: We're going to have a baptism in a few moments, so I'm going to say just very briefly a couple of things about the sacrament of holy baptism. And I'm going to begin my sermon by telling you what the punchline of the sermon is. I was in a parish as the priest one time, and there was a dear lady there who wanted me to summarize the sermon each week in one sentence. And uh, so I got kind of used to that, but I, I, I would say, you know, if I had to summarize all my preaching and teaching in one sentence, it would be this. Use the ordinary means of grace. I think you've heard me say this, use the ordinary means of grace. Attendance at the worship of the church, participation in the Holy Eucharist, reading of the scripture, prayers, walking in such good works as God has given us to walk in, finding somebody who's a little bit more mature than you are in the Christian walk and getting close to them because the Christian faith is caught as much as it's taught Christian faith is caught as much as it's taught, one of the things that the parents and godparents are going to be promising in just a few moments is that they will be the kind of people that a child can catch Christian faith from. Um, baptism, I'm going to say two things about baptism that are, that are um, the historic teaching of the church and the historic teaching of the prayer book. And uh, one is that it is a remedy for original sin, and two is that it is the place where we are regenerated by the Holy Spirit, where we are born again or born from above. Uh, The Bible teaches and uh, the great teaching tradition of of the church teaches that we are made good by a good and loving God. God makes the man, He makes the woman, He says it is good but we're fallen, we have succumbed to evil, we have turned away from God, we have turned against each other and we have turned in upon ourselves and any child that is born is born into that kind of a world and they're immersed in that kind of reality and there needs to be an antidote for that sin sickness, there needs to be a medicine. The first dose is baptism and the continuing medicine, the medicine medicine of immortality, the church fathers tell us is the the Eucharist. We could say a lot about this, but this morning I just wanna focus on two uh, quotations from the scripture that are engraved on our font. Go and look at the font sometime when you have a chance. we have to be aware of social distancing and all that right, right now, but you can take your turn and you can look at the font. It has four carvings on it. Jesus being baptized in the River Jordan, being immersed by John the Baptist. John the Baptist is saying to the people of Israel, we have so lost the way that we need to go out and come in again, we need to begin all over again. So Jesus Christ leads the way for us and beginning all over again to be really and truly human beings to really and truly have the human dignity, really and truly have the human dignity for which we were meant in the beginning. Another one is uh, uh, the eunuch being baptized by Philip. Another one is the little children uh, coming to Jesus and the disciples are trying to keep them back and Jesus says, suffer the little children to come unto me. And then the last one, the one that's facing the congregation is very poignant, it's St. Peter and there are neophytes there are people who are preparing for baptism they haven't had a chance to complete their preparation the romans have come they're being led to the colosseum to be martyred and he's asperging them he's showering them with the water of baptism on the way to their martyrdom now there are two quotations from the bible that are, that are that are carved in the uh, around the font and one is from the ninth chapter of St. John where Jesus heals a man born blind. So what does this mean that the man was born blind? It means that he was born without eyes. So it's not a matter of removing a film from its eyes. It's that he doesn't have any eyes. And you, remember, you may remember this story that Jesus takes some, some mud, he takes some, some earth and he spits. Well, you see, Adam was made from the, from the mud, wasn't he? He was made from the dust, right? And God breathed life into him. And God made us. We come from the hands of a loving God. And here is, here is the word through whom God made all things himself. And he's, he's recreating this man. He's making him new. And he's making it possible for him to see who God really is, and what it really means to be a human being. And so the water of baptism is the water of regeneration, the water of recreation, the water of new beginning, the water of new birth. And then the second inscription that is on there is, um, I, and I think this is, the, this is the bonus question for today. I believe the story of Elijah and Naaman is in 2 Kings. I think that's right. You know that story about the uh, Syrian army officer, Naaman? So Syria invades Israel, they take captives. Uh, one of the captives, a little girl, maybe 12 years old, ends up as a slave uh, in, in the general Naaman's house. And Naaman gets leprosy, might be Hansen's disease. We don't, we don't really know. Leprosy covered a lot of ground in the Old Testament. If you had mold on the walls of your house, that was leprosy. But what leprosy meant was that you were, and we will really understand this, you were quarantined. You could not go into the church. You could not go into the temple. Naaman, who was an officer of of the king's court, could not go to the king's court. He could not associate with other people. He was locked up in his house. He was cut off. Cut off. And the little girl says to him, if my Lord would go down to Israel, there's a prophet there and the prophet will heal you. And so um, Naaman decides to do it and he goes down to to Israel and the prophet Elijah is there and he seeks an audience with Elijah, Elijah gives him an audience and Elijah says to him, go and dip in the Jordan River seven times and that's what's written uh, on there. First is written. Uh, to the, what Jesus said to the man whose sight he gave him back, man born blind. He said, go and wash in the, in the, in the pool of Siloam, which means, which, which interpreted is sent. That was a pool and uh, the water came into it by a condu- conduit from a spring. It was live water. It was bubbling water and uh, the father sends the son and the water of baptism is alive with the Holy Spirit. And the, the, the water of baptism is the, is the water in and through which the Savior who spread out His arms of love on the hardwood of the cross that the whole world might come within the reach of His saving and grace grasps us and brings us in the power of the Spirit uh, back to the Father. And the, but, wh- but why would they put also this story of Naaman on the font? Well, Naaman's incensed, he, he, he says there are bigger and better rivers, Euphrates and, and the, um, uh, uh, the rivers, of, um, the rivers uh, that they have uh, in Babylon and in Assyria, they're, they're bigger rivers, and his, his lieutenant says to him, my lord, if the prophet had asked you to do some great feat, you would have done it. Do this simple thing. So Naaman dips himself seven times in the Jordan River and his flesh is made white as snow, Uh, he's healed. What does that mean? It means that he's restored to the human race, means he's reconciled to God and reconciled with his brothers and sisters. It means that he was as good as dead and now he's alive because he's done this humble thing. So the water of baptism is the place where we who are not reconciled to God and not reconciled to each other become restored to our true human nature and to the true human community, the community that St. John sees in his ecstatic vision on the island of Patmos that we had in the first reading today. This humble sacrament that looks so simple, it's just washing with water, is the means by which we get new life, a life which begins now and which the grave cannot hold. So our baptism is something that God does, and it's immense and it's powerful. If you stand next to the font, when a child is being baptized, you know that something immense and powerful is taking place. But in any sacrament, there's what God does, and there's what we do. On the night in which he is betrayed, the Son of God takes bread and wine, says, This is my body, this is my blood, and it is so. In the water of baptism, God says, This is my beloved son, my beloved daughter, and who am I, in whom I am well pleased, and it is so. Something miraculous and mysterious and profound and divine objectively happens in a sacrament. But then there's our response. Something is really and truly planted in your soul when you're baptized. But just as you can plant a seed in the garden, and you may have had this experience, the seed can lie there for years until the rain comes, and then it shoots forth. And so we want the seed of our baptism to blossom up. We want it to bear much fruit. This is how you will know, how they will know that you are my disciples, that you bear much fruit. We want our baptism to sprout and to flourish and to grow and to bear much fruit. And how are we to do this? By using the ordinary means of grace, by dipping in the Jordan seven times and seven times Seven, as we come here week by week to receive the new life that God wants to give us that begins now and which the grave cannot hold. In the name of God, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.